This is episode 26 with Ben Hubbard. Welcome to the I Love Music podcast. My name is Jen Fedor. I started the I Love Music podcast to inspire people who love music, encourage people who work within the industry, and to hear each person's unique story. Everyone, I'm back finally with season two and couldn't be more excited. There's a lot of things cooking coming up this next year, maybe even a live podcast collaboration. If you haven't yet, please rate and like I Love Music Podcast on your handy podcast app and spread the word to other people who want to learn more about the music industry and hear some great stories. After many years of phone conversations, I finally got to meet in person Ben Hubbard from CD Baby. Ben currently works on the digital promotions and label relations team. He is also a DJ on Portland, Oregon's X-Ray FM. If you're an artist, you will learn a ton of information today. So please listen um, to what Ben has to say. He has 10 years experience uh, working in the industry, 10 years plus. So let's get into his interview. How did you get started working in music? It's funny. It was kind of an accident, actually. I was... um between jobs. I had a previous career as a political and community organizer. Okay. And it's uh, similar to music, actually. I didn't know this at the time. Similar to music, it uh, is one of those jobs that eats your life and where, you know, 80-hour work weeks are not uncommon. Um, And I had just come off uh, an election year campaign and an environmental campaign this 2006 okay off your elections and i was exhausted and burnt out and um just you know the campaign ended and i just Uh didn't i couldn't think about doing more of that um and i you know did some like temp jobs and uh was playing in bands and uh, my girlfriend at the time worked at CD Baby and said, well, I, I can get you a job probably. And so I just applied for like an entry-level job at CD Baby. And uh, kind of the, the rest is history. <laughs> I think yeah. I think I, I quickly realized that um, it was something that I loved doing. And similar to working in politics, it is a job that kind of tends to eat up the rest of your life and become your life. But it turns out that like, while whereas in the political world I found myself really kind of despising the people that I was working with in music I fucking love everyone <laughs> it's amazing yeah. so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, literally yeah. my favorite thing is that I get yeah. to work with like brilliant creative funny people all the time and that's so that, good you know if my life ends up full of those people that more that's the better you know What's your role at CD Baby? I do um, digital promotions and label and artist relations. So I work with a handful of clients, um, more than a handful, but a number of clients yeah. um, who are doing sort of priority level releases. They're um, you know touring bands, management companies, publicists who are working on you know major releases right. and. So I help coordinate uh, the release strategy for those records that we're distributing. Um, I sort of consult on uh, the best timelines for releases, how to make sure that we get all the information that we need, 
um, to do the other piece of my job, which is communicating about those releases to the various DSPs, to iTunes and Spotify and Amazon, and telling them yeah. why this music that we have coming through us is really, really cool. What's your day-to-day look like? A lot of, as I'm sure anybody's job these days, a yeah. lot of just emails. Yeah. Um, the glamour. Yeah, the exactly. The glamour of working in the music industry. Um, there's usually, at any given time, you know, 20 or 30 kind of fires that I'm putting out, whether it's changing someone's capitalization on their release, like, you know, right. really basic stuff, yeah. to um, phone calls with um, either a manager or label uh, about um, sort of a setup call for a release, okay. planning out the the um, the singles and um, the release strategy, um, putting together... Uh, the pitch grids that we send to Apple and Spotify. Um, we have fairly regular calls with the different DSPs where we'll just kind of talk about the right. records that we have coming up and what we're excited about. And um, yeah, listen uh, to a lot of music, which is great. That's huge. Um, what what does a what does a solid release strategy look like for an independent artist this day, like these days? That's a great question. I think that. I had a five years ago. I had a much better answer, a better answer, but a much more um, confident answer to that mm-hmm. question. And that would be like, you find a great publicist. You know, you put together your budget for your release, and you've got you know ten thousand or fifteen thousand dollars for just the marketing side of the release. And you hire a publicist, and you hire a radio promoter. And the biggest decision is whether you want to do college or AAA or both. And you you know like that. And that's still definitely, you know, is the, it's part it's of the, the default. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and if that budget is there, I still think that's probably a good idea. Um, although, you know, to be totally honest, I, in the la- literally in the last couple of years, um, I found myself... I have to be careful because, like, yeah. <laughs> some of my best friends are publicists, but right, but yeah. it's getting harder for them. Right. And well, I know even getting like a a premiere on a blog, like a lot of like a lot of music blogs now, like, are very picky, or sometimes it's yeah, and it's it feels like there's been a shift from, and I don't think it's you know the fault of of publicists; they're doing great work. It's that. There's been a shift in the sort of online. It's it's gotten very navel gazy. The the sort of online music journalism world has gotten very like everyone talks about the same things, and it's great that there is a cultural conversation about music yeah. happening. I think it's yeah. important, but there's also not the subsequent or uh, concurrent focus on discovery and on new artists and new sounds and I that that piece like those like little mp3 blogs that had you know a relatively huge following is just gone and there's not really anything that has replaced it for an artist that's just starting out Mm -hmm. um, to get their music heard yeah how important is it um, for Spotify plays and some of the you know streaming services like does that does that make a big difference? Um, in what sense? Uh, for like an independent artist, like 
trying to get like trying to get on that tour or you know for like you know them just like start like starting out you it's, know you know what i'm saying yeah it's like, funny i've actually had this maybe compared to the music blogs of like the premieres like yeah yeah i mean it's funny because it's a, the thing that i think people are starting to realize about the way streaming services have been imagined, which I don't think is the only way. I think there are other ways that it could be done. Yeah. But the way that they have been done is that they are combining what we, as sort of the people who work with music, mm -hmm. have thought of as separate things, which is discovery and consumption, right? We've yeah. always thought like you need to do the marketing that you do around your record so that more people want to consume the record and then that consumption happens at a store or at you know and mm -hmm. having the discovery engine integrated with the consumption engine is great for a lot of reasons i mean it makes things there's a lot less friction for someone right. to find yeah. a new song and listen to that song and monetize that experience um but also it means that there are limits to the sort of diversity of voices in that discovery side of things. Not that Spotify right. is an incredibly diverse company and they have, totally. you know, the, the breadth of their programming is really incredible and their support for indies is remarkable, but they are also a multi-billion dollar company and that's the only tool. They've limited the ability of independent developers to build on their platform and to build discovery tools in their platform and they do, but they, but at the same time, like they they haven't limited it that much. They have a, a, a pretty open API that anyone can use to build new tools, and they just mm -hmm. aren't. I just don't see them. Um, and like charts are great, popularity For is people great. People that don't know what does API stand. Uh, oh, actually, it's an application uh, protocol interface. I think okay. I might be wrong about that. I'm yeah. not a developer. It's yeah. a, it's a yeah. It is a um, a tool that you can use uh, to communicate between different applications. Okay. So yeah. um, it basically is a set of, of rules about how uh, an application can ask for information from your application. So okay. a yeah. shared yeah. language between okay. applications. Um, yeah. I, yeah. That's great. I could, <laughs> I could ramble about that for a long time, but I don't <laughs> think it's that interesting, actually. I think, I, I think it's so interesting because it's like getting on the other side of like the tech I pray fervently for the death of playlists. I love playlists and I fucking hate playlists. Can yeah. I, we, oh, yeah, you okay. can totally swear. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Fucking cool. They, fucking awesome. <laughs> the, I, 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 love the, I love that people are discovering n new music through, through playlists and that I, you know, part of my job is curating a playlist at CD Baby. I'll do a shameless plug for the, the Dig playlist on Spotify. Sweet. Uh, it's a lot of fun to, to get to put together basically a mixtape of my favorite songs every week. Um, and in that sense, playlists are really cool and I love them as sort of mixtape, digital mixtapes. Mm -hmm. What I don't like is that it feels like it's attacked the artistic sort of aesthetic vision of an album, as, as, which I think is, you know, the, to back up a second, I think that is like a, a fairly recent phenomenon to actually think of an album as a product. It's also fairly like white phenomenon. You know, it's like yeah. prog bands and like psych hippie bands right. yeah. started doing albums as concepts and that was 
a thing and it's I think it's great but even you know like contemporary albums that are truly great as an album mm-hmm. um, like I mean Kendrick Kanye yes. are making products that are not designed to be consumed in a playlist they are definitely mm-hmm. you know a, a, a single artistic thought that should be listened to and enjoyed as a as a whole yeah um, so what do you do with how do you how do you distinguish the the I think playlists are great for pop music, but if you're like yeah. talking about serious like artistic uh, creations and experiments, sometimes maybe they're not the right format. I mean, just even like looking at CDs or you know records, um, and like the artistic value there, like liner notes and mm-hmm. like how how that's like that's even changed like dealing just with like a playlist of like a song or yeah yeah so yeah i mean and that's again i think it maybe i mean because that's I don't like know, a I, whole like artist yeah artist package. it's easy to it's easy to suggest like ideas for someone else to actually develop but like yeah. why isn't there a, a like a, a music library that lets you add or, you know, integrate uh, offline information from right. a partner like Rovi or something right. with the I've heard Spotify that library. Maybe title, title, titles doing that, including liner notes or some something. Uh, sites are adding lyrics, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I, I think there's just there's going to be another step. I believe, I hope, in sort of the evolution of the idea of yeah. that kind of integrated discovery and, and consumption that hopefully um, I just think it like the current system inherently rewards music that is less sort of with less artistic vision like the the, the, the sort of flimsy pop songs are do better in that environment right. as opposed to uh, some like dedicated independent curators and and nerds who love weird music and you know that I just hope that that can come back because I think that world is really cool when it when it's working so how have you seen I mean we've talked about it a little bit but how have you seen the music industry change since you like even since you started working at CD Baby yeah I mean obviously I've been working at CD Baby for like 10 years so we've seen the CD part of our name Obviously, take on a sort of ominous irony. Yeah. Um, but I think it's it's interesting to me how sh- like we basically s- simultaneously experienced the real the quote unquote death of the CD and the death of the download. Like it just all it all happened at once. Yeah. Um, like to some extent, there's been relatively little change for the last, you know, nine years, and then in the last year, basically, the thing that everyone's been talking about, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Okay, it happened. Like right. that's now. now yeah. This is now the world that we live in. Yeah. Um, 
the thing that I think that's encouraging to me is that there's always, if people want to support an artist, there's always ways to do that. And that artists who have a strong community of supporters and of fans and engage with that community will always do really well. <laughs> like, right. it's yeah. just like the fundamental, like, like, yeah, like it's hard. There's like, it's a really challenging time right now for the industry, but I think the the fundamental like thing for an artist to do hasn't changed. Right. Like the rest of us have a you know, our work cut out for us, yeah. but for bands, I feel like just keep doing the thing that you always should have been doing, which is playing a great fucking show, making a great fucking record, and thanking people for listening. You know, right. and like that's huge. Yeah, that's and a that's. Long way. Yeah. <laughs> it's, your, right. it's your life. Yeah, it, it's someone's lifeblood for yeah. sure. And I mean, it's, it's easy to, I, I, you know, I never played in any very, very serious bands, but having done some like indie tours and, you know, little uh, self-released records and stuff mm -hmm. like that. You it's have easy a radio to, show, don't you? I do, yeah. I do a radio show on uh, X-Ray FM in Portland. Cool. Um, it's easy to get caught up in the kind of, there's a gratification kind of little little uh, dopamine releases that come with like um uh those like tiny moments of of success as a as a band and it's easy to kind of get caught up in that and spend more time on um that side of things of the hustle working hard is the most important thing but i think working correctly like spending more time writing better songs right um yeah. is, is the like the more important work that that a lot of artists can do honestly yeah just i think songwriting the songwriting process is like i mean it's the key it's yeah. it's it, it unlocks everything having a good song and even if you have to write a hundred songs until you get one that's like good for your next ep or album yeah yeah it's huge what keeps you going, like, at your job and, like, working? Um, that's a great question. Um, for a long time, actually, even doing this job, I, I think I had, um, part of me had a tendency to, to be driven by those same things of, like, mm -hmm. I mean, it's fun to be successful and, and having, like, you know, uh, pitching for a playlist and getting a, artist on that playlist it's like oh that's great that's cool you know mm -hmm. um but honestly the thing that i've realized is that the, the real sort of nourishing and and fulfilling thing about my job is that i get to help artists <clears throat> to do to do that to um to step back from right. worrying about the hustle a little bit and yeah. get back to just writing another great song i like to think of my job as ultimately adding like net art to the world because I can do the work instead of a artist doing the work and they, right. they can do the work of being an artist. <laughs> yes, that's huge. Um, why do you love music? Oh, that's a great question. I I grew up um, in a you know a musical family mm -hmm. and I uh, at a pretty young age. Um, I started volunteering at a 
terrific venue in Eugene, Oregon called the Wow Hall, okay. um, which is a nonprofit, all ages community venue that also is the only stop between San Francisco and Portland um, at the like 400 cap range. And so a ton of really great bands toured through there and I was volunteering and just like, okay. I got to, you know, work the door and, you know, at, at 13, 12, 13. Mm -hmm. um, and I worked there for like 10 years, the whole oh, time I lived amazing. in Eugene. Yeah. Um, and it really was a simul simultaneously, you know, a lot of incredible music, but also I think for me, my community, my chosen family has always been around music. Um, it's always been the people that I see great bands with and the people that I play music with and the people that, you know, I send, oh my God, you have to hear this record at, right, you know, yeah. midnight when I'm like <laughs> a little high and really enjoying something. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I mean, for me, it like, it literally, I think it's that uh, the question almost doesn't have meaning for me because I don't like music. It's not yeah. really, or love, even love music. Yeah. It just is like, it literally is kind of, I kind of breathe it, yeah, you know, it's, it's like, it's why do I love you. air? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Do you have any, like, um, tips for, you know, independent bands out there that that are grinding every day to, you know? There's little tips and there's big tips. I mean, the the, the little things, and, they're, and they're, some of them are kind of contradictory, honestly. Um, the little things, like, there's little next things that you can do. Um, Having honestly, part part of it for a band maybe is just having a list of all of the things that you can do if you have ten minutes and want to do something to help the band, mm -hmm. and having everyone in the band kind of invested in this process, and having a lot of the most successful bands that I know have pretty clearly defined roles for the different people in the okay. band, and they, you know, it's the bass player's job to be also tour manager, and it's the guitarist's job to uh, handle like talking to booking agents and publicists and it's the you know the yeah. kind of division of labor yeah, in someone, that way. Yeah, someone else handling social media. Right. Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, but one way or the other having a list of things that because um, there's there's too much like there's, there's so much for a band especially like that's doing it all themselves to mm -hmm. try to hold in their head about like here's the best practices for posting on Facebook here's when people are engaging here's how to make a really engaging post and then also for Twitter it's right. totally different yeah. and also you know you should be doing YouTube why aren't you doing YouTube and um, you can you need to be on Spotify and you need to be on Spotify for artists and you need to make playlists and like there's it's overwhelming and um, but a lot of it does right. really help. Yeah. And so having a, a, a way to not have it seem always like there's too much, but just like, oh, I can just do this one little thing that mm -hmm. will help, and that can be great. I also think maybe the biggest thing for me, and this might be just a result of being kind of an old punk rocker, that sounds so, so dorky. <laughs> Uh, old punk like rocker, um, but that like for me when I when I hear a band that has a community of like-minded artists that they sort of 
collaborate with, tour with, mm -hmm. that's for whatever reason more compelling to me. I think partly because that inherently creates new and interesting sort of like there's you can there's an, uh, that sort of aesthetic electricity that happens when creative people are bouncing ideas off each other and doing cool stuff and 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 challenging each other. I think like those kinds of relationships between bands where it's kind of competitive and there's like one-upping happening. Yeah. I think is where a lot of the most creative and interesting stuff happens. Um, Do you see any of that in Portland? Oh yeah, I mean Portland's a, an incredible city for like DIY artists yeah. right now and, and if there's a failing, it's that artists are doing a little too much themselves and we could use some like people to help them with some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, but, I'll, but I like for a band that doesn't have that, I think figuring out how to make more of that, um, like go to more shows. Like honestly, that might be the biggest thing I would say to a, someone who's, you know, literally just starting out and doesn't know what to do next. Right. Keep become become friends with the bands that you like. Yeah. And, yeah. Write better songs. Go to more shows. Yeah. That's good. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Of course. It's my Anything pleasure. else you want to add about... Uh, gosh, I, I should do some shout-outs, maybe? Yeah, do some <laughs> shout-outs. Uh, the new uh, Mo Troper record on this great label called Good Cheer that's okay. in Portland... Uh, is out today. Uh, okay. We're recording on Friday the 17th. Uh, it's probably a little bit after that when you're listening to this. Yeah. Uh, and it's fantastic. It's called Exposure and Response. He's one of the best young songwriters in Portland. Cool. Um, and is a record, again, I think that benefits from yeah. sitting cross-legged with headphones and listening from front to back. That's that's so cool. Any other any other artists that you would recommend Gosh. to the listeners? Yeah, so I'll recommend another label, actually. Um, my buddy Kenny uh, has a label called Fresh Selects that's been putting out like really incredible uh, sort of experimental R&B um, records uh, for about two years now, I think. Okay. Um, and it has a catalog of just like the best music and literally you can put on any record that he's put out um, and be like fully absorbed. Most recently, um, the... I really loved the record he put out from Charlotte Dos Santos. Okay. Um, he did a record with uh, Braxton Cook, who's a jazz player. It was really amazing. Ooh, sweet. Um, jazz. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and then uh, another big shout out for um, the record that he just put out by Didi, uh, which came out this week as well, okay. um, who is a third of the group Tiny Hearts. And that her record is called Panoply, and it's also really, really, really incredible. Sweet. I recommend any, anyone uh, check it out. Tremendous singer. And then your radio show is on. What is your radio? Radio show, show is on a, a station called X Ray FM out of Portland. Uh, if you're not in Portland, you can listen to it online at okay. X Ray FM. Uh, I do it on Fridays from three to four. But honestly, the station as a whole is really incredible. It's like a it's like a um, a very young KEXP that doesn't give a fuck kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There's there's like. Um, Progressive talk programming and and some like community programming during the day and then in the afternoons and evenings it's all um, music curated by the station was set up by a couple of the, the original music directors are were actually bar owners in Portland oh, who cool. work with 
like DJ, they have vinyl yeah. DJs in oh, their bars really regularly doing like very experimental sets. Mm -hmm. And so that's the <laughs> crop of, of DJs that are playing on the air on the station. And it's Sweet. really awesome to have people like, it, it's like humbling when these guys bring in their crates and it's like $10,000 worth of records <laughs> that they're pulling out and yeah. playing on this radio show. And guys that, that you know, probably cover the labels of their records when they're playing out at a bar, but they're typing up their set list and posting it online. And so being able Sweet. to dig through that is really cool too. That's awesome. Well, thanks again for being on the show. My I, th pleasure. I think like everyone learned like a ton today. So. <laughs> Sorry, it's a little it's so bit good. in the weeds maybe. No, no, it was great. Cool. So, cool. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks again to Ben for being on the show and the bang ups for the theme music. This has been the I Love Music Podcast with Jen Fedor.